Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Niall. Welcome back to our podcast, Sweet and Sour, where we discuss all the sweet and the sour parts of life. The good and the bad, whilst tucking into some delicious food. In today's episode, we're chatting with our first ever guest, and it is my mum. Helgs. Big up Helgs. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're going to be talking to her about mental health, her being a therapist, so she goes into a bit of the background of what she does. We talk about anxiety, depression, uh, we talk about panic attacks, actually really interesting when we talk about so panic attacks. A little attacks. bit of scientific in parts. Yeah, she was talking to science-y. us about how the brain works scientifically, which I thought was also very interesting. Yeah. I think it's just an interesting one, isn't it? It's an interesting one. And just general taking care of yourself. And on the menu today, it's a little bit of a cop-out, yeah, I'll admit. Bit. I think I ran out of time. Uh, we're, no. <laughs> well, we're going to be eating Bojangles, which is like a nice chocolatey If treat, you haven't tried them. Which is your mum's favourite, that's why we got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, chamomile tea, because that's kind of running with the theme of being mentally well, I guess. Calm. Calm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side. So why, so why have we got Bojangles? The food situation's a little bit different today, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's the middle of the day, and <laughs> mum has just turned up, my mum. She's just turned up. All the way she's from traveled. Cardiff. Yeah, she's travelled a long way. Just for this podcast. And it was a bit <laughs> rainy, so it was a bit long. Yeah. So today, we have chocolate and tea. Chocolate yes. and chamomile tea, actually, because one, it's mum's favourite, and two, it's a bit calming. And Megan's mum is a therapist, so that's going to be the kind of general topic of today's episode, I guess. Well, just like something we're going to chat about to mum, because that's her her thing. It's an interesting thing to talk about. And we've got chocolate, but not just any chocolate. It's a Bojangle. It's Bojangles, which is Helga is Megan's mum, by the way. That's your favourite, isn't it? Yeah, her name's Helga, not mum. (laughs) And Danny... Get closer. Tried a Bojangle for the first time, oh, and his his they reaction best, was WTF. Yeah. He went, wasn't what it? the fuck? I pre-warned him. Seriously. And there's 568 calories in one. Oh, what? shit. No, there's not. not. There's not. That's what my fitness pal told me, but no, there's they not. They are seriously the best chocolates ever. I really want one, but I haven't had one yet. <laughs> super duper cutting. marvelous. Well, I'm gonna have one. have one. They, I um, haven't seen, and it's my favourite colour. You've got a purple box. <laughs> I haven't seen a purple box before. That's new. That What's was just from the co-op. Like? I was surprised they had them. Actually. Gloriously intensely chocolatey wonders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was Danny's. Oh. Danny's reaction, <laughs> but with She's eating a bojangle, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coconutty. So, mm. Mum, mm. how are you? 
How Welcome are you? Welcome to helps. our podcast. All the better for eating a Bojangles. She's busy concentrating we, on the chocolate mm, right now. We look after our guests well. You we certainly do. We You're do. our first guest. Am I? Well, I'm honoured. Is she? Yeah, she's our first guest. Yes. That's rather special. <laughs> so, congratulations. Thank you, Joy. On that achievement. <laughs> so, Mum. Yeah. You are a therapist. I am indeed. That was actually what you were doing this morning, wasn't it? It was, and that's why I couldn't come earlier, because I had a client and... I can never tell how long the session's going to be. Usually sessions should be quite boundary yeah. for an hour, but these sessions can sometimes be two, maybe even three hours long. Yeah. I Do you charge them extra for that, or is that immediately <laughs> wrong? No, no, I, no, no, no. I charge one session. Okay. Yeah, with highly traumatised clients, they can go longer. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it must be quite hard to judge. Mm, I've had to leave my Friday mornings open. Yeah. So... That's uh, why I'm a little bit later than I. How hoped. many clients do you reckon you see per week? Um, kind of, it kind of varies really. Um, maximum would be twenty, three, four, something like that. Really, but so but I guess it varies, isn't it? Because yeah. sometimes people don't show. That yeah. must be quite annoying. Well, yeah, it can be. It depends if I'm working for an organisation, then. I'm paid whether they show or not. Yeah. If they're just coming privately and they don't show, that doesn't happen very often, though. Yeah. If people are expecting to, you know, if they're committing to it and they're going to pay, it's a bit different from yeah. if an organisation is paying. Yeah. They're more committed, I think, if they do it individually. Yeah. So what got you into doing therapy? When was it? How did you get into becoming... Take us becoming... back to the start. How did it all yeah. begin? Ooh, how did it begin? Wow. Because <laughs> when, when I was growing up, you weren't a therapist, were you? No. You no, were an English teacher in second. Yeah. <laughs> that came out all wrong. <laughs> Teaching English as a as foreign a language. Foreign yeah. language, yeah. Yeah. I started off as a primary school teacher <laughs> and then I retrained as um, yeah, teacher of English as a foreign language, working with... Um, teenagers and young adults and then I changed to teaching in your primary school actually teaching the yeah. Nepalese children but yeah I've always, I was always interested in therapy and um, yeah when I did English at university that was what I was most interested in in sort of human psychology why people behave the way they do yeah and sort of motivation but do you think um, there was anything in your life that happened that made you yes, want to do it yeah definitely when my dad died that's, I had some therapy myself with Cruz, which is a, a voluntary organisation for people who've been bereaved. Yeah. So I had some therapy. Oh, yeah, you started with bereavement, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did 12 years voluntary work counselor. as a bereavement counsellor. And then when the children, when the children, when you <laughs> and your brothers are a bit older and I had a bit more time, I retrained then as an as a integrative therapist. So there's different like parts of therapy, obviously. So you have bereavement, That's, intricative. Well, intricative is just a name for um, your your orientation that you you're not just a CBT, a cognitive behavioural therapist, or a Gestalt therapist, or a psychodynamic therapy. What's you, Gestalt? Gestalt is a, is a certain type of therapy which um, I don't. I'm. I mean, I'm not qualified as a Gestalt therapist, but it's it's more to do with your body. And there's certain techniques they use, like something called open chair therapy, where you imagine that the chair opposite you, which is empty, has got the person that you're having a, a difficulty with, and you talk to the chair, and then you swap chairs. There's all techniques oh, right. they use like that. That's interesting. But, but integrative means that you, you combine different parts from different orientations, and you use it in a way, in a combined way that works with your style. 
but I mean all of it is about sort of relational how you how you connect with people and yeah. humanistic type of therapy we're getting a little bit deep now yeah no, it's good it's been really interesting <laughs> no, so what, what what why what, did I get yeah. into it because when my dad died it threw up a lot of issues for me about relationships and sort of my childhood, my connection with my dad, with my mum, with my siblings. Because you were close to your mum. I was close to my mum, but in a different way. Yeah. But just a lot of my dad made me feel like I needed to explore that and to work out what was going on. So. How old were you? I was 33, so I was quite young when my dad died. Yeah. You were just had just. But that's been not born. when you became a therapist, was it? No, no. That's when I started getting interested in therapy, and oh, okay. so I had therapy. So you had about, therapy yourself. I had therapy myself and <clears> found <throat> it really useful. So then I decided that I worked for Cruz as a volunteer. So I did that for about twelve years, okay. and then I trained as a therapist, and that took sort of four years doing integrative therapy, so an HND in integrative therapy, a diploma in therapy. And then after that, I wanted to do something a bit more specific. So then I retrained, well, I got another diploma as a human givens yeah. therapist, which is a particular type of therapy, which is quite solution focused, looking at, um, yeah, how you, how you solve your problems now, rather yeah. than delving really deeply into the path, which would be psychoanalytical or psychodynamic therapy. But see, I thought that maybe you got more into it because of what happened around you know, when you and my dad got divorced. I was already a therapist. Oh, were you? Yeah. So I thought you were, I thought it was all around. Your own parents. <laughs> no, no. And I when you got cancer, I thought that sparked no. to like help. No, I was already, I'd already been a therapist. Well, as a volunteer therapist and I was in the middle of my training. You were in college, weren't you? Yeah, yeah I'd yeah, been training for about three years then. But I'd already worked as a therapist for about 12 years. Or as a counsellor with yeah. Cruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Do you think that, that may be like... Learning to so you're a counselor. Do you think that maybe affected like the how you and Megan's dad like split up? Did it change your kind of like your perspective a little bit? And when you had cancer, I find that really interesting because I I just feel like I don't understand how you dealt with it the way you did like so well. (laughs) I I don't know. I think yeah, that's that's quite a, a big area really to think about what, what but cancer don't you does think... to people no no, no of course uh, but i'm just how, thinking you know how you can be very positive um you can see it as a positive experience in a bizarre way but do you think that is from help of what you do yeah i think so i think um well you know you asked a couple of questions there um because i was training often when people are training as therapists it makes them analyze and unpick everything and think about their motivation and what they need and what's missing in their life and quite often people who who train as counselors their marriages break up or their relationships change yeah. and they start to look at things and think now this isn't working this isn't i'm not being sort of authentic i'm not really myself in this relationship i'm stuck mm-hmm. but do you um, think there maybe you as a therapist you could almost overthink things sometimes because Possibly. of that. Possibly, yeah, that can happen. You you can actually, it, it can work in that way that you break things that don't need to be broken. Mm. Yeah. That work into your detriment kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose it, it, it can do. but I guess because your mind is always working in that way yeah. to, to, to look into things and sort... You, you can sort overthink. <laughs> help things out. Yeah, sort of thing, yeah. You can overthink things too. Yeah. That can happen. But, yeah, I don't think that particularly happened with me and and your dad I think it, I think for a long time it hadn't been 
Yeah. Right. Well, you know yourself, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know. I, we, I just but, wondered whether that but everything was... everything sort of came together at that time, didn't it? I mean... But that's why... I, that's the time I remember you becoming... a, Like, I, I remember you becoming a therapist for some reason. Yeah, I was, I was... Well, yeah. I mean, probably when you were young, you weren't aware so much. Yeah, of I guess. That's true. What I was doing was just sort of more... Yeah. Your life was going on and I was just your mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're a kid, you don't even yeah. know what your mum does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can't tell you what my mum does. I was actually does. talking about that with Bridie, my friend, the other day. She was like, I didn't even know what my mum did until recently I started having interest in it. <laughs> Some job descriptions are so confusing. Yeah. I just don't even understand what they mean. No, I know. I don't think I knew what a counsellor was when I was younger. I just thought it was a really intricate word. <laughs> I was like, she does something <laughs> with people. I feel like me and you have talked about this a few times mm-hmm. and how being, you know when you're giving therapy all the time to people, Mm. it must be quite heavy on your own life. And I always wonder how you deal with that, like how how you take yourself away and separate work and your actual own emotional life. Because you're always concentrating on heavy, you know, Mm. emotional situations. Mm. And I I just find it interesting as a therapist, it must be quite difficult to then leave your job behind and shut the door and go home. Do you, do you feel like you take a bit of the burden on yourself? And also yourself? you work from home. Mm, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, that's quite, quite a... Well, it's a very important part of the training to learn how to sort of bracket off your life from your client's life and be able to give yourself that self-care so that it doesn't intrude on your day-to-day life. Yeah. yeah. A, I mean, it's ba- I mean, some clients are bound to s- stay with you if it's very intense and you're kind of working out what would be most useful next time you see them and what you've explored and how it's impacted on them and on you because it is about the relationship and, and you do influence each other. It's not a, a one-way street when you're doing therapy. You can't no. just separate off. But yeah, I mean, a lot, you have little rituals. What not might not be an obvious ritual, but you, for me, when I finish with a client like this morning, I come out of the room. I might walk around the garden. I shut the door. Yeah. I I have a cup of tea. I might do some sort of slow, slow my breathing down a bit. And yeah. If it's been very heavy, then I might go back into the room, write my notes about the client. Yeah. And then put them away. And then that's that, you know, and then I get in the car, car and you, I drive for the rain to come see you. You never have, <laughs> you never see a therapist the, like now. Yeah, mum has a therapist, oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah, because that just reminds me, because I've been yeah. watching The Sopranos, yeah. and Tony Soprano, like one of the running storylines is that he has a therapist, mm-hmm. but then the therapist gets so involved in his life that she starts getting a bit like messed up in the mind. Uh, and so she ends up needing to have like sessions with a, a therapist. The yeah. therapist, is it, is it not compulsory a as a therapist to have therapy yourself? When you're training, most yeah. uh, training organisations say that you have to have some, some personal therapy. It depends on the type of therapy you're doing. As I was saying, there's different types. If you do something, if you do psychodynamic therapy, then you've got to be in therapy, in analysis for quite a long time maybe 200 hours before you're qualified oh, but in really? other types of therapy they don't specify that you need quite so much you might just need 12 sessions yeah it depends on the sort of therapist that you're going to become yeah yeah and once you become a therapist you, you don't have to have personal therapy yeah you but have you to have supervision to, you? you have to have a supervisor who you see well it depends if you if you belong to an organization and you have to really as a therapist to be yeah. to, to be an ethical yeah. practitioner so there's BACP there's UKCP there's different organizations there's for me there's the HGI 
which is the Human Givens Institute as well. So I'm BACP accredited, well, not accredited, but a member of, yeah. and the HGI accredited. So, and they don't stipulate that you have to have therapy, but you do have to have supervision. So you okay. can once every six weeks or eight weeks or however, you know, if you're more experienced, you don't have to see your therapist quite so often. And it depends on how many clients you see in the week, how often you have to see your supervisor. But, but it's just like somewhere it where you have to go to bring your client work and because it's confidential. So, yeah. you know, you don't talk about your clients to outside of therapy. Yeah. It yeah. has to be confidential. There has to be that trust, that boundary with your clients so they know the work's safe. Would but you, you have to have a supervisor where if there's sort of ethical um, problems that you can bring it there and say, oh, I'm not sure if this is going where it should should do or, or if there's a safeguarding issue or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Are you able to tell us what sort of clients you deal with? Not, you know, specifically, well, I do, I, like different yeah, yeah, what situations sort of you've dealt with. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've... I've well, I've been working as a therapist for quite a long time now, so I've done a lot of different types of therapy. I mean, as, as, as we said before, I was sort of as a bereavement counsellor, so I did that for a long time, and that was all pretty much I did. But then when you're working with people that are bereaved, there's going to be lots of other issues that come up, yeah. sort of depression, anxiety. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. they might have other things going on in their life. They might have marital problems. They might have sort you of attachment disorder. Couple therapy Couples, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, so I started off with bereavement, but then I... Um, did some play therapy. I worked with really young children in did schools. You? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Did a placement with, in play therapy. Did you not? So, did you enjoy that? Yeah. No, I did enjoy that because my initial training as a primary school teacher, so I worked with young children as well. So it's all yeah, kind of, that must sort be of joined really, up. Really so I did nice. that for a couple of years, and then I worked for um, in a in a charity that deals with sexual abuse. So I did a lot of heavy sort of complex trauma work. Yeah. Um, and what else have I done? Well, yeah, I do some couples work. I, I work worked in university, so I work with sort of students with all sorts of, you know, anxiety about exams and whatever, really. It could be anything. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely anything. It's good that um, universities have therapists but, there now. But with human givens, um, there's a big interest in trauma work. So I work with PTSD quite a lot. Um, with What's pe- that? Like some people that come back from war or... It, it could be any trauma. Like I mean, abuse. lots of people, yeah. both of those well, things. Well, haven't you... Yeah. I'm, I'm probably... A, I you think know, I'm allowed to say this, but yeah. haven't you dealt with people who have, you know, a phobia of spiders? You can take that yeah. away, can't you? That's so <laughs> interesting, though, because you do There's, hypnotherapy. How do you do that? I do hypnotherapy. I'm scared of rewind. You did rewind on me that time. Do you remember yeah. when I had a bus yeah. crash? Yeah. And I kept waking up suddenly having, yeah. like, panic attacks... And mum you did... still do sometimes. <laughs> no, but specifically about the crash. Right. Mm. And mum did a rewind where she like talked to me through the situation backwards or something. Yeah. So and I never had it again. It was the weirdest thing. That's yeah, crazy. That's the... How does that work? So the rewind is a specific um, intervention technique which is human givens technique, and it's a it deals with post traumatic stress disorder or orthophobias, as you said, if things like spiders and. The way that you work, um, it's working on the part of the brain where trauma memories are stored. There's a little part called the amygdala, which is like... Uh, so interesting. <laughs> oh, I've heard. What's that in? Is that in charge of... The, the amygdala is is like a is it security to like... guard. It's like a, a kind of... It, it holds traumatic memories and it it keeps them in a part of your brain. So if anything is similar to that, if, if you have... 
So, for instance, you, you're talking about soldiers. Yeah. If they come back from the war zone and they're, you know, they're back in the UK and they're living their civilian life, but they suddenly hear a car backfire, yeah, bang, yeah. and immediately their amygdala has held the traumatic memories of when they're in the war zone of, of bombs exploding. It's telling them and they're not safe. And, it's, and, it, and that sound of a car backfiring, their brain tells yeah. them, their amygdala tells them, actually, no, that is the same as being in the war zone. So they have a flashback and they think they're back in the war zone and their amygdala is firing off saying, watch out, you're not safe. So it's the part of the brain, so it's in the limbic system. Well, it can. Yeah, yeah, it can do. If you have a flashback, it can give you a panic attack and you yeah. can suddenly think, I'm not safe, my life is under threat. And so then your your body responds to that. You have a physiological response. It feels like that you're under threat. So your breathing changes, your breathing speeds up. Yeah. You get a lot more adrenaline and cortisol floods your brain that's getting you to try and run. So it sort of kicks into the fight, flight. Fight or flight. I remember yeah. you talking to me about that. Yeah. So that's what the amygdala is doing. It's it's like a security guard. It's, it's holding traumatic memories to try to keep you safe. So if anything is similar to that in the future, it will fire off. Yeah. and say, watch out, you're not safe. And then immediately you go into the fight-flight zone of your brain in the limbic system where everything else shuts down and you just feel that you have to run away. So your heart rate goes up so that you, your body is preparing to run, yeah. run away from that danger. Yeah. And that's when you get panic. And that's when, you yeah, you get panic because your heart rate is speeding up. So you, you're hyperventilating, you're... You want to run, but you it's not like you're actually running. You're just Do you stuck. think that's... You know, people have panic attacks from anxiety. Is that a similar... Yeah, exactly. Thing, I guess? Exactly. It's, it's when you don't feel safe. It's when that your you body's... Panic. You panic. Yeah. Your, your breathing speeds up because you want to run away. And so it's, it's the mind-body connection. It's a physiological response to threat. Yeah. So you don't feel safe, so your heart rate goes up, and you have a panic attack. And then you think... What do I do? <gasps> I how would away. you suggest then for people day to day, if they don't want to go and have therapy, what would you suggest they do in a panic attack situation? Because I know a lot of people do ask about that a no, lot the, the on easiest social media. Way, well, I mean, people used to say you need to breathe into a paper bag, which is, you know, it's <laughs> just they like... they really? Yeah, they say breathe into a paper bag because it's stopped. Well, what it's supposed to do is to change the balance of the oxygen and carbon dioxide carbon dioxide so if you, you're getting you're getting too much oxygen so if you breathe into a paper bag you're the same amount of oxygen and carbon dioxide is going round and round so you're not getting so much oxygen after a while but that's not effective really what you need to do is to focus on slowing your breathing down if you slow your yeah, breathing so you down text me saying 7-11 yeah exactly <laughs> so if you slow your breathing down your heart rate slows down and then you come out of the part of your brain, the emotional brain, the limbic system, which is where the fight-flight zone is. You come out of that part of your brain and you go into your clear-headed, your neocortex, your thinking brain, which can stand back and tell you, I am safe. Yeah. This is just a panic attack. This is not, there's nothing dangerous happening right now. It's If it was something like a, a phobia, that spider is just a tiny insect, you know, it's it's not an insect, a spider, clearly, but it's is not. It not? No, it's not. <laughs> a spider was an insect. A, a, a rack, what is it called? Arachnid. Yeah. It's, is it really? Yeah. I thought, it was I thought arachnids insect. were insects. Oh my God. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so it's getting to part of your brain that you can actually be specific and know 
what is dangerous yeah. and what isn't. It's it's crazy yeah. how um, complex our brains are and how these like mechanisms were kind of necessary. Yeah, through evolution. Now, like we kind of got to the point where we're like so far from like what we used to be in such a short space of time, but we but still we have still these have, old mechanisms exactly. in our head, yeah, which are under threat. Almost, if you feel you're yeah. under threat, your your brain and your body regresses back to a sort of earlier part of evolution where you think you know like it's almost like a tiger is coming to attack you yeah so going back to the rewind the way that that works is where those memories are stuck in your amygdala it's a it's a type of hypnotherapy it's a type of getting you into trance so you're really calm and then you you can imagine that period of time when you felt that you were under threat in your case when you were in that car crash we we imagine or the bus crash we imagined a safe point before that's happened. I can't actually remember what you did because okay. I was kind of well, you were, not really you, there, no, was I? You, yeah, you, I was you in were, a trance. You were panicked. Yeah, well, we no, yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah, I, I, I can't remember. Is that, is that like a real thing? No, I, I, I can't. Yeah. Like, so that, yeah. No, but what I'm it's saying... Where you're it's completely oblivious to what's going on. Like, you won't be able to recall any memories from... No. It's, I mean, that you know, there's different sorts of... The type of hypnotherapy that I'm talking about is not like stage hypnotherapy where you forget everything. Yeah. It's just getting you into a deep state of relaxation. But what I'm saying is I can't remember that deep state of relaxation, no. what you were actually saying well, to process me, to, in my mind, yeah. wasn't it? It's just a technique, a process of getting you to focus on your body, to slow your breathing down, to imagine that you're in somewhere that's really calm and peaceful. And when you're there, you can then see that period of time like a film. Well, so the rewind means that you... You fast forward and you rewind that period of time that was very, very frightening. So where it's trapped in your amygdala, that movement of rewinding it fast forward backwards, fast forward backward, it literally moves the the memory out of the amygdala and into the hippocampus. So it, it sort of rewires no your brain. <laughs> hippocampus? Hippocampus. The hippocampus is another part of the, the brain. That is crazy. <laughs> where, where memories are stored. Okay. Sort of long-term memories stored. So it's not than... a camp full of hippos. <laughs> Campus. Hippos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a technique which is very effective yeah, for de-traumatisation. I mean, so I, I can definitely vouch yeah. for it because I, mean, I never had another like panic attack dream from that ever no. afterwards did i no it's very very effective yeah i mean other other therapists would say you need to talk about this difficult period of time over and over again but that can be re-traumatizing yeah, yeah. you know like soldiers don't want to talk about what they saw in the war no. that's terrifying for them and very very painful yeah. so that's why something like the rewind when you're relaxed you it's not going to affect you in that way because you're calm and you're using your imagination in a really positive way. It's very empowering. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I that's what I use for trauma. I do quite a lot of trauma work. Yeah. yeah. So with sexual abuse, with people who have phobias, I don't do phobias that much. I do a lot of trauma work. Don't and people have that, phobias. You told me. Pardon? That. I have done, but not recently. Yeah, I have. To, okay. I have worked on sort of people that are frightened of heights so, or social phobia. That's so, that's so weird that you can take away like a height phobia. <laughs> Should yeah, I think that actually, but that's necessary. <laughs> like, a phobia of heights is kind of necessary, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, all yeah. these things. Unless all I watched this. Yeah. What was that thing I watched on the plane? The guy who climbed up. Um, oh God, no! El Capitan, free soloing, so n- with nothing on, just climbed yeah. up it. No Crazy. Way. Mm, he needs a height phobia. 
Well, if he did, then yeah. he'd, then he'd fall down, though, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he was phobic? It's it's sort of having a, a sensible risk assessment. So he probably well, knows no, what's safe. It's never been not. done. That's the point. He was the first guy to actually do okay. it without ropes. It but took he, him about a year. Wow. He tried to do it once. He just called it off. What film is that? Out. Called. It's called Free Solo. Uh, yeah, that's it's very really brave. Good. It's really. But good. you have to be really, really calm to be able to do that. Yeah, like he's a and professional a, rock climber, so it's if he, he was does. frightened of heights, if he was phobic, yeah. if he was having a panic, he couldn't do it. He didn't care <laughs> about dying. They even did like brain analysis, like through an MRI, or is yeah. it NF MRI for the brain? Is it MRI scan? Uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he literally like the point that there was like a bit of the brain that just didn't really react to things like like it should. Okay. And that's obviously why he's able to do all these crazy things. Yeah, and you just didn't really care about system. dying that much. Yeah. He lived out of a van. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Matt, yeah. I was going to ask because a friend, a friend of mine um, had a panic attack mm-hmm. like quite recently. Yeah. And she said that when it happened, her hands like sort of froze yeah. together. Okay. Not together, but her fingers were kind of bent down and stuck there. Okay. Why would that happen? In a panic. Mm, that's, do you think that's, that's interesting. Something to do with the that's brain, she couldn't move them. Well, they, I mean, the, the, the other sort of um, coping strategy is to freeze. Yeah. So people either run away, they, they, there's the flight response, or there's the fight response. So flight is like um, anxiety, fear, run away. Yeah, yeah. And the fight is the anger, which are both coping strategies if you're under threat. And then in the middle is the freeze response. So if her hands were like that, maybe she was caught in that path. She was very common as well, especially things like sexual abuse. People freeze because they can't fight. Or if they fight, they're going to get more hurt. Yeah. And they can't run away because someone's overpowering them. But what do you do then if you're sat at home and that happens to you? What would you suggest to do in those kind of situations? If you freeze or if you just panic, that's what... I just feel like would be interesting for people to hear mm. um, because, you know, you, you can't just then go and get yourself to a therapist. No, I mean, I think there's lot, lots of things. It's sort of building up to um, knowing that your body's getting there before you get there. Catch it before it gets into that extreme. Yeah, but that this stream. specific person, what I was saying with the hands, she woke up like that. So she had, a, had sort of like a night terror panic yeah a bit like what I was having from the bus crash Mm -hmm. so I I guess it's psychoeducation knowing understanding that it's a freeze response that it's her brain trying to protect her no it's not because your imagination you're already in a sort of in a trance it's also so hard though when you're in those situations when I get anxious I get so worked up even though I know when I'm not feeling anxious and I'm just sat here now I'm like, you know, if I get into those situations, I've just got to breathe and, you know, yeah. find perspective almost. Exactly. That, you know, it's just that moment. Yeah. But when you're in that moment... It's very hard. It's very hard. Even yeah. when you text me and or I call you and I'm having yeah. a panic. Like, no. you know, it, it is hard to, to even listen. Because mm. you're just like, no, 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 no. And your brain is just an absolute... switch of like, yeah. if you could draw if you're already, Yeah. If you're already <laughs> in it, you're, you're sort of you are stuck in that part of your brain that's, that's telling you that, that you're not safe. So having almost like a list written down of things that yeah, help in that situation. Advice, so if you actually. know that often that you're going to get, if you're going to wake up with your hands like that, have a list beside your bed. Okay. Just reminding yourself, this is not, this. I am safe. This I'm is in not my permanent. Bed. It's not permanent. This is a panic attack or I'm in freeze zone or whatever. And what I need to do is listen to some peaceful music 
ring a friend, go for a walk, do and some that exercise. Is only temporary. Yeah, it's only temporary. I think that's this a really important pass, thing. You know, I'm going to feel better soon. And fundamentally, breathe. Slow your breathing down. Seven eleven. Seven eleven or three say. six. So seven eleven is simply breathing in for seven and out for eleven. It's I find a, that long, a bit hard. Though. Yeah. <laughs> the eleven out. Well, you like... don't. That's the thing. It depends how quickly you count. It doesn't have to be seven eleven. It could be you breathe in for three and out for six. The point is the out breath supposed to be longer. Longer. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or you could just with small children. What I say is, imagine you've got a dandelion clock. And you're blowing off all the little feathers of the dandelion clock. And it's simply that long out breath. That will bring you back to a yeah, calm state. Yeah, it gets you back into balance. Yeah. It sort of balances the autonomic nervous system, which has got two branches. Parasympathetic is the relax and calm. And that's what's out of balance. And then the sympathetic is the, you know, the panicky when you get a lot of adrenaline and cortisol, which, which gets you to run. Yeah. To run away or run towards to kill somebody or fight somebody, <laughs> you know, that. or kill that tiger that's going to, you know, that yeah. anger. Oh, I'm not safe. Yeah. Or to run away or to freeze. All of it is about. <gasps> yeah, I'm yeah. stuck. You know, and when when I'm saying that, my hands are going like this. There's that tension in your hands, just like you're saying your friend your friend's hand froze. Yeah. It's that almost putting your hands into a fist and they they sort of freeze. Yeah. Your body goes stiff. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. What it can the body flop does, as well. How you know, everything's you, related to flop. Yeah, but, it is. It's yeah. coping strategies to keep you alive. Everything's related to your brain, though, which I find so weird. I said yeah, the other day to Absolutely. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird how your yeah. brain remembers the computer so for your body. <laughs> how your brain remembers song lyrics from like when yeah. you were like six yeah. or something. You still will remember it now. Your brain is so remarkable, and we know so little about it. Yeah, touching the surface now. Yeah. And understanding that connection with the, you know, the mind and the body, how it's so, so all linked up. It's people like you, mum, that are helping out the world with their brains. <laughs> You're <laughs> a hero, Helga. That. I'm not a neuroscientist. You're a superhero. <laughs> you know, a little tiny bit. <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess, like, our demographic is mostly, like, between 18 to 24, probably, Yeah, you say? I think so. And, like, you know, you hear a lot about how depression and anxiety is such a massive problem. Yeah. In young people, is that something that you found in your yeah, I was in say, your practice? You many people who have depression. Yeah, and maybe you could have some tips to kind of yeah, know, I just mean, for general well-being. I, I've worked with a lot with with um, that kind of demographic. You know, the eighteen to twenty-five, especially when I was working at uh, Cardiff University. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those are the issues that come up over and over again anxiety and and depression do you think that so, social media is a cause of that a factor i don't know if it's a cause i think it, it can i mean it can work two ways really it's it's, it's the way your views on social media <laughs> <laughs> lots of questions thrown out at me Sorry. Sorry. Do depression like anxiety an social media <laughs> yeah um, We're trying to pick your brain as quickly as we can. Yeah, well, so- social media can be very helpful. It can connect people up. It can, you know, it, it can work in a really good way. But, but it can also have, it's also got the flip side where people yeah. imagine that everything they see there, this perfect, perfect life, is yeah. what they should be having, and and it can be very fake. Yeah, and very damaging. And there's all sorts of bad stuff that happens online which clearly you might you know all about yeah yeah you, know, yeah, you work in that world it's got lots of dangers but it's got pluses as well but it, yeah you're right it can um bring people down it can make them think that 
their life is rubbish. But I think that's why on. it's important to show both parts. So yeah. if you're having a good day, if you're having a bad day, definitely. And you know, have your face honesty. with makeup on, your face not with makeup on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being realistic. I think you yeah. have to now. And I think a lot of people do know that now. It's but a very it's, known yeah. thing it's, now. Yeah. But it's also like like I think studies have shown that it's particularly young girls that it can like trigger anxiety mm. but and, like, yeah. I, I worry going back about to my... another episode me and you discussed a little bit on this i think maybe that doesn't it may not entirely be true that it's heavier on women i think women are more open to talk about it than men men don't No, yeah but i'm talking about young up. younger girls because i was just i was going to say that like, i worry about my sort sister like, like my both ten, my sisters now ten. are just completely addicted to their phones yeah and they're they so they're, they're doing stories and they're and they're they send those stories that are like, oh God, I'll yeah. reply to this, or your mum yeah. will die, or five people you oh, know will die and stuff. Yeah. And for like someone shocking. who's like between, I don't know, shocking. the ages of like ten and thirteen. Yeah, awful. I remember them. Plus, they're plus, so they, plus they're too young and you know like naive. I don't mean yeah. that offensively, but to to realise that holiday pictures are not you know to realise that it's being seen through like rose. Tinted, tinted glasses. glasses. Yeah. <laughs> you can get that. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean. Very, very dangerous. And and the amount of time that yeah. people spend on their phones, rather than going out, going for a walk, or yeah, exactly. learning a skill, or doing some sport, you yeah. know, always on their phone. Terrible. Yeah. Really I mean, damaging. I feel really a bit damaging. like we can't really say much because obviously our jobs revolve around that. But yeah. I feel like we're at least trying to use yeah, it I mean, for good fit- as much as we can what you both do I mean your fitness you're telling people to get out there and, and to not telling them but sh- giving an example of you know getting outside and getting to the gym and being physically fit and, and how just living in a how, healthy lifestyle yeah exactly yeah. And what you were saying earlier about things that help with an- anxiety and depression yeah. Exercise is yeah. so so helpful. Yeah, yeah we're talking about so that in another helpful. episode. Yeah, it, health it and really mindset. really is incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. And and for anxiety, the the two easiest ways to 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 manage it are through regularly doing exercise and the breathing. Exercise, as in any form, though, isn't it? Any form. You don't have to go to the gym. No. It can be a walk. You're it very be, into exercise, aren't you? Yeah, but you do things anything. like squash, yoga. Yoga's yeah. very good. And it's got isn't there's it? so many advantages to it. It's getting with a group, learning, having fun together, the social side of it, yeah. and and the physical Classes, aspect. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I mean, lots of people do it because they think it's going to make them look beautiful, and that's really only a, a minimal beautiful. part of what. The value of it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's for the brain and for the bo- you know your mental well-being. Well, yeah. We're supposed to be, yeah, active. we're meant to be, yeah. And we spend so much time sitting around on, on our backsides now, especially <laughs> yeah. with all the you know social all the stuff on computers yeah. Yeah, to yeah. get the balance back and get outside and go for a walk, go for a run, go do athletics, whatever it is, whatever makes you tick. It doesn't have to be the gym. Yeah, it can be anything is so helpful for anxiety. And then learning to, you know, do some, well, things like yoga, that again, yeah, about the mind, body, yoga. meditation, and 7-Eleven breathing, slowing your breathing down is a way to get that balance back. So being you're conscious not... of your mind, isn't it? Yeah. And just being in touch with yourself. It's being all connected your body. Mind, yeah. mind, body, body, and, and soul. soul. Yeah. Mind, body, and soul. <laughs> Yes, it all goes hand in hand though. And being if one's not back, right, the other's gonna. Yeah, not getting sort of just locked into, oh, what, you know, what they're uh, doing on. Yeah. What do you think about social media? Or how whatever? important like nutrition is as well. Really important. Yeah. Really important what you put in your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna affect your energy levels. Yeah. Yeah. 
very much so. Yeah, like even if you're one of those people that can eat McDonald's every day and not put on any That's not weight the point. or something. Yeah, it's not the point, the weight, is it? It's actually no. what's going on in your it's actual body. nutrition, yeah. you know, what... And how it affects then your mind. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, cutting down the amount of, amount of meat you eat. You don't have to become a vegetarian, but just the amount of meat You've you eat. got a vegan eat, over here. <laughs> brilliant. I think for a sustainable life of the whole planet, everyone's going to have to become vegan. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, vegetarian aren't, aren't to start, we start off with. <laughs> aren't we going to start producing, like, headless cows that are just... What? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the future of, like, livestock. Well, maybe we just so have... So it's going to be, like, factory farm cows. That's a horrendous idea. Why would we want that? Yeah, it sounds pretty disgusting, doesn't God, it? God, just... Oh, no. <clears> we need sick. our cheeseburgers, that's why. <laughs> Niles just have, have What's cheese? McDonald's going to do? You're such a lie. You don't even eat McDonald's. McDonald's no, is going I'll tell you what, I will when I'm done with I this I think cat. I've even heard McDonald's is going more towards sort of vegetarian options. Yeah, so it's everywhere, to. isn't it? Everywhere has to. That's the thing, like, with we the whole... We have to. You do get, like, crazy vegans sometimes. They go over the top. And then you get, like, loads of people who are eating loads of meat. But then, eventually, you know, the, ve- the vegan movement is doing good because, eventually, it's going to just kind of meet in the middle. It's the only way that... We, I mean... Genuinely, it's the only way forward yeah. for our planet to survive, for us to all to become vegan. Mm. Or we raise Ultimately. our own chickens and go hunting ourselves. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's leave the hunting out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be kind to animals. Gonna go Let's bow hunting. Hunt. <laughs> yes, yeah, I listen to Jerome. Yeah, damn it, I'm gonna have a bojangle. Which oh. one's the best one? Well, I've tried one and it was delicious. Was it cookie bits. One? I need cookie bits. I don't think there's any meat in there either. No, sorry. <laughs> Is that a cookie bit? So, Mum, going back to social media. Yeah. Um, I'd just be interested to know more about your in-depth views and kind yeah. of more more than just you know the obvious. You know that. In- Instagram is a highlight reel. We all know that. It's all. But what? a highlight reel. It's like the best that's, bits that's, of people's lives. Yeah, the best bits. Oh, okay. The good bits. Oh, I see what you mean. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what do you... How would how do you think that it's good? What do you think is good about it? About it? About Why social media? Talk the, today? the positives. What What's the positives that can be taken from social media? Well, I think... Well, you said, like, obviously, we we both promote fitness and yeah, good nutrition and health. I mean, it, it can be a very um, powerful forum for disseminating information positive mm. well it's the thing about the information that you that you're putting out there it can be very positive but then on the other hand it could be negative it depends who you're listening to yeah but it, it's uh, if, you watch if, my vids mum exactly <laughs> and yours is very is very positive and it's very real and that's why i guess it's so successful because you're genuine yeah. You're not saying that I know all the answers and this is the way to live your life. You're just being you in a very kind, Just being a friend. Way. That's what I want to be, as yeah. a friend. It's a way of connecting. And you're asking, what is the benefits of social media? Most people are, a lot of the time, lonely. Yeah. And social media can be a really powerful way for people to feel well, connected. Well, yeah, that's what um, Emlyn's, my, my brother's girlfriend, said to me when I was in Wales recently. She said that, when she was abroad, it made her feel yeah. less homesick. Exactly. She Some people have said that to yeah. too. She, so she just was watches away English months. vloggers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a way yeah. to connect, isn't yeah. it? Everyone wants to feel part of a group, connected. And so if it's done in a, in a, in a very sensitive, you know, kind way, it's very positive. Yeah. 
it's the trouble with it is there's no controls over it so you can get people that are promoting very dangerous things as well well yeah there's a lot followers. of rubbish that's the, pro- that's the, that's the thing it hasn't got any um, like control appetite. really what is it called an appetite lollipop that stops you having an appetite or something really Kim Kardashian, oh, I think, gosh. did it a while ago. Maybe that's or, or like gummy bears that that make you lose weight or something. Oh no! I actually don't even know the de- and yeah. detox teas are the worst, aren't they? Everybody yeah. knows about that. Detox, yeah. What detox. is that supposed Booty. to do? <laughs> what is it supposed to do? Well, technically, it makes you go to the toilet. Oh right. It's oh. just a, it's just a laxative, but people that I mean they sell them that they make you lose weight, but they don't. And mm. I think it's a very known thing now, but it wasn't for a while because I actually remember when in Holland and Barrett it was a thing to buy the booty detox twenty eight day. Did you get it? No, I never did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. Come on. Don't I actually true. didn't because uh, I think I was too young. But I, I remember it being like a craze booty mm. detox. Um, but yeah, there's stuff like that that obviously is rubbish. But yeah. I think people are becoming a lot better at promoting importance in just important things and mm. normality yeah. and, you know, good and bad days. Yeah. And that yeah, there is a lot of good in social media. It has quite a bad rep because people focus on the negative bits. Like when you just when you see everything. a negative, people always just, yeah, when yeah. You negativity see one negative, is more interesting than positivity, unfortunately. Mm. If you look at like the news or anything, sorry, what were you gonna say? You interrupt me all the time today. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, but when you yeah, people people like drama, don't they? They want to hear something she's yeah out there a bit yeah, uh, and that's not always what what's useful for you. Yeah. You want to hear the more positive things and more hopeful things as well. Some good news for a change, don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Cause but not news good news TV. as in, oh, look at my wonderful life. Everything's perfect. A balance. Something kind and, and sensitive. And... The, thing is, I, the thing I personally like to watch most on YouTube is just someone sat in their bedroom chatting about their dog. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or just yeah, talking just... about chocolate. Like, just really normal things I find really comforting. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. A lot of people are looking for the comfort. They're looking for the connection yeah. to feel that their life is okay, that this person has a similar life to them, and that it's okay to live that life and yeah. not feel that I've got to aspire to something very different. So And just switching off from, yeah, you know, having stress. and peace. But it can do other things as well. It can educate. It can, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people that... Talk about sustainability. Exactly, and that's and so important. No, I know, and it's it's talked yeah. about a lot. Yeah. I personally and don't talk about it enough, but all I sorts of stuff. I do find that I I find it a little bit scary talking about some of those things because I don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to. But that's a way to become more knowledgeable. I know. I to mean, follow people that are, you know. Are but I do follow these people, a, yeah, but then yeah. I do feel a little bit guilty yeah. that I don't talk about it more. Well, no, you, you've got to you've got to know your own own limits, haven't you? What what you feel comfortable talking about, rather yeah. than pretending you know something you don't. Have. That's not helpful. But then there is also a lot of pressure on everyone to be amazing everything they should be vegan they should be completely sustainable but i actually saw a really good quote recently it's very long so i don't (laughs) think i can say it i was thinking she's not gonna try (laughs) say it is she it was very long but it basically was saying thank you to the people who buy who don't who buy non-plastic straws um but don't know about male suicide thank you to the people who um uh buy sustainable clothes but don't know about um 
I'm trying to think. I don't know. Um, I can't think of my head what it said. Yeah, you but it's basically saying like, do you know what I mean? So do, thank you. Doing your doing, bit is what's important. Yeah, you can't do everything. Yeah. How can we? Yeah, no. that's what I meant about the vegan. But, like, you all meet yeah. up in the middle, and, and people in the middle will end up but, making better choices because yeah. of the pressure that comes from like. And if you're vegans. open-minded and curious, and you're listening to it, and you think, oh, I want to learn more about sustainability. And, and not pretending that you know already, but that you're interested in it and you want to find out more mm. to get that balance, really. Yeah, but then also there are some people that sort of comment, if you speak about something like that, there can be people that kind of shout at you because you don't, you're don't, you not already yeah. doing enough. That's the thing that I personally I find that's a little helpful. bit scary. That's I know, helpful. and it's, and it's, it's, just, sa- it's, it's, it's frustrating. Anyone that's fundamental about anything, I think, is, is behaving in quite a dangerous way. Yeah, but I think that is why a lot of people I've spoke to as well get too scared to do anything. Yeah, it because turns people off. Yeah, it. If exactly. People shout too much about it. You, yeah, you withdraw from it. It has to be done in a balanced way. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how the hell we got onto this from. Yeah, we were talking about anxiety, <laughs> and social media, weren't we? A minute ago. Yeah, and, and about depression. I think it's it's about getting your needs met. And when people are depressed, they they're getting locked into a place in their life where something's missing and they, they need to find something they need to change they need to change something and then they, they're too stuck at the moment to know what that is but something is is missing in their life yeah and to get out what do you mean by needs do you mean like everyday things or what well, could be more think, specific um it's it's kind of like if they haven't got um a purpose in their life or they haven't yeah. got enough friends in their life or mm. they there's something you know, missing. There's something mm. missing, and they have to work out what that is. If yeah. they're too isolated, or if they're um, if they're bored, yeah. if they, they're not connected to their community, or they haven't got enough privacy. It's ch- trying to work out which of their needs. I mean, this is kind of like a human givens way of working out what human beings need to feel balanced. And when you feel balanced, you're not going to feel depressed. It's about getting the balance right. Mm. But also, yeah. I, recently I've thought about this, it is also um, accepting that some days are going to be rubbish. Yeah, and, expectations. Yeah, and not seeing, you know, I, I can't remember the quote, I've, I've seen so many good quotes recently, but it was a quote basically saying, you know, the low days you have to have to yeah. be able to appreciate the yeah, good ones and exactly. to even know what a good day you is have to, but yeah. like I I beat myself up when I'm having a, a sad day or a low day because I'm like oh I should be happy no but you can't and yeah, yeah and you have to allow yourself to have those days that yeah. are a bit more flat and, the, and the, yeah definitely and that's just sort of the, the the cycle of night and day and light and dark. Yeah. You need both to understand it. That's a little bit different from clinical depression. Yeah, which is yeah, quite no, serious. I'm not. I'm I mean, people bandy around. Balance. I'm, I'm depressed when yeah. they mean I'm just feeling low. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I wasn't saying some that. People, no, I know you weren't. I'm just sort of thinking that that's important to. to I think the word yeah. depressed yeah. gets thrown around. Yeah, it gets a lot. thrown a, yeah. around a lot. And some people that really struggle with depression, that's a and very it's serious a chemical. thing. Well, no, I don't think Do it is. Think? I don't think it's a chemical imbalance. I think oh, it, I thought it, I thought that was a lot. The, the, you know, the well, medical model they, will say that's yeah. what it is, yeah. but that makes it sound like it's a disease. And depression isn't a disease. Again, it's going down to that. You know, things have got stuck, and you've got caught into a loop of behaviour and way of responding. And it's if you're clinic depressed, I think it's depression that you. Uh, it's um, 
therapy that you need to help with that, to but, work out what's gone on. What It could be trauma-based. Often it is. Is it is it true that often when people are depressed, they are almost bottled up and don't really talk about what it is that's making them feel that way? Yeah. And that's why you're saying you should then go to a therapist. Yeah. That's probably can't. the best thing because it, then you're talking out the issue because mm. what I from I I mean I don't know that much about depression. I don't really like to make out that I do. Depression is a really but, difficult. Yeah, thing it's to very work complex. With. Yeah, but I feel like from what I've seen firsthand, it's almost like they just shut off and don't talk about what's actually the problem. And yeah. I, with most and things in life, they might not even life, know themselves. Yeah, it's been going on for so long. But in, with most things in life, I feel like when you talk and communicate about things, and whether yeah, it's relationships, absolutely. mental health. It is the best way definitely to absolutely get through yeah. everything. Yeah, relation. You know that's how relationships work. Mm, it's, it is about it. Definitely, it's about communication. Yeah, but some sort of patterns. People are depressed. It could be all sorts yeah. of reasons why they've got there, and it, and, and it, it could be trauma based. Or it could be about their sort of relationship with their parents when they were very young. Their sort of attachment issues. It could be all sorts of things. Could or you be could born be... with with um, it being like? I've you heard have, someone say you you can be born with it just being in your DNA. No, no, I don't think so. Some people think, think so. people think I don't I've think heard it's that, genetic. Like, oh, it runs in my family. No. And my father. I don't agree with that. I don't either. think it's genetic at all. I, th- I mean, it could be environmental. It could be that you learn ways of behaving because you have that as a pattern. The way that your parents behave, you mm. you start learning, copying that type of behaviour. But that's not but, saying it's genetic. Yeah. But you could be. I mean, people. You know, their personality. They have might have a greater propensity to be low if they're yeah. more introverted yeah i think you know our society favors people that are extrovert and if you're an introvert you're seen as oh why aren't you more chatty and and so there's always that feeling oh i should be different mm. that yeah. should which is very difficult to live with i yeah. should yeah, be yeah. something expectations but i don't think it's genetic no i don't think so either i've just heard people say well i was born with it and I'm no like, well, you could be born my... into a family where where you haven't had you know the right kind of care when you were little or and that's not maybe their parents fault it could be that their parents it goes back yeah. generation generation how people um communicate with each other their expectations of what life should give them so it's complex it's very complex yeah. but yeah. depression can start from that from your attachment to your parents or it could be something traumatic happens it could be i don't know a car crash an abortion anything sexual abuse Anything yeah. traumatic can lead to depression or a build-up of things or expectations to to succeed at university and, you know... And do you think that you can fully come out of it? Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. so I feel like that's what some people think is you've got it forever, it's no, going to come back up and all. down. And I don't think you need to have medication for it to come out of it either. No, neither do I. I think possibly some, when it's very, very severe, um, medication can help for a short period of time to just lift you enough so that you can start communicating, like you were saying, being to be able to talk about it. Mm. But I think um, it can also go the other way. Yeah, Medication can flip people over so they actually become suicidal. There's so many side effects yeah. mm. to, to medication. So and, you do, do you not think you know, medication is a good route to go down? I don't think so, personally. But it depends on, on the the issue. I mean, if it's some... some if it, for depression, no, I don't think so. Things like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder you you probably do need to have medication mm. well i think you almost definitely do yeah i know but, my uncle was depressed and he's like 
he attempted like suicide and stuff but and the medication did help him Mm. you know it did bring him out of that stupor that you know that that dark place I mean, but then is it just you know is it just covering up the problem and not really dealing with it? I think, but if it saves lives, I think it can do the opposite. Yeah, I think you know, yeah, it can it can have a very dangerous effect. And the trouble is, quite often, um, you know, the NHS is so overworked. Doctors don't have long enough with something. They just meet someone who's already suicidal mm. and they have maybe 10, 20 minutes talking. They don't know them. They can't build up a relationship. And they've got, a, um, you know, it's almost like a business. And the pharmaceutical companies are selling them a particular drug to promote. It could be serotonin. It could yeah. be sertraline or whatever. And that's the antidepressant that they give automatically. So mm. it's not a really good match to that specific yeah. individual. Yeah, everyone's so, so it can individual, cause, yeah. It can cause... I mean, if it's a very, if it's not a deep depression, the medication might be very useful. If it's a much deeper depression, it can have terrible side effects and actually cause suicide. Yeah, right. I agree. So, so before so we go to I, questions, yeah, what what I were you going to say? I was just going to round it up asking mum. Oh, but I thought maybe we can <laughs> end on a slightly more positive and okay. say just like a few tips for people that do feel like they are struggling with depression. Or they are prone to it. Just, just okay. you know, well, tips. like just we already mentioned. Just, just to, in general, you know, struggling with mental health. With yeah, just something. almost like housekeeping for your brain. Okay. At home, what would you suggest, you know? At home, I would suggest, if you're not doing any exercise, try and start something. Exercise. And I think it's outside, then, even if it's just going yeah. outside the fresh air walking. Finding what yeah. exercise you like. Yes. So don't feel pressured that it no, should be the gym or it should not. be football. Anything, something active. Yeah. Something because if if you know if you're struggling at home and you and you feel stuck and bored and and low, doing something active is going to get the the right kind of. Um, endorphin release in your brain mm-hmm. yeah, feel good chemicals will be released and you'll start to feel better and you, f- and you get your motivation back yeah. and then you'll think okay what do I need to do I need to go and s- learn something new or go and f- join a group and meet some new people so yeah. make some new connections and you're not just stuck with a computer or a phone and yeah. that's your life yeah. Yeah. It's just getting it out makes you realise that you're, yeah. the, you're this body you're not just a mind no, and people that do suffer with yeah. mental health get so in their own mind don't exactly. they we're, we're human beings and it's not yeah. always about you know achieving something it's being calm and you know doing some yeah having a look at yoga or meditation or, or just breathing yeah yeah but communication talking talking to people that you trust and finding new people to trust mm-hmm. join a club or something yeah. getting out there and anything yeah, else anything else um Eating well, you know, looking yeah. at your diet, looking at not, I don't mean dieting, I mean looking at the balance that you're, you're getting enough vitamins. And, yeah. And if you need some good recipes, and you've got lots of vegan ones, I'm sure, now, haven't you, too? A few. I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I think writing, writing is absolute. Well. That's yeah. a really good Journaling, thing to do. Journaling, writing. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, with writing down. You know, yeah. you said put it next to your bed, write it down. A list of things that are helpful. Yeah. And a gratitude diary. That yeah, kind of gratitude thing. Looking journals. at the positives, thinking about, you know, every day, three things that went well today. Even yeah. if it's just, I don't know, there was a lovely sunrise or, 
you know, a friend smiled at me, some a stranger smiled at me, whatever. Three things that you feel good about. And yeah. smiling at strangers. That's Absolutely. another good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how you smile at them. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah. Right, so Amazing. I think that's all we've got yes. for today. That was awesome. But we're going to go into our little question section. Yeah, oh, okay. so people send in their questions all right, related okay. to, to today's episode. Okay. Yes, yeah, so let's have a look. Can birth control create mental health issues or do they just uh, amplify them? I've never had mental health issues, but as soon as I got on my birth control, I immediately suffered from depression and anxiety. Yeah, there are some that are quite well, yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's, it's messing with your hormones really, isn't it? The pill. But so, yes. birth control, yeah, birth yeah. control plays with your hormones. Come up, what's the matter? The dog has joined the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she wants have to have question? her say on birth control. <laughs> yeah, what's your thoughts on birth control, Blue Bell? <laughs> she yawned. <laughs> um, yeah, birth control definitely can yeah, affect your mental health because it plays yeah. with your hormones. And there's some there's some pills that have, have been you know they've been recognised to have. A, a detrimental effect on mental health yeah but i think you know if if you are experiencing that from your birth control maybe try a different birth control yeah, yeah. because Swap it i think over. it takes a while to work out which birth control works best for you yeah and try a you, different sh- one. you should you know mm. experiment a little bit if it's affecting you that badly yeah. Um, but it's not unnormal for that to happen. I'm not sure yeah. about birth control. Oh, what do you know? I was going to say, you're a bit quiet on this question. <laughs> well, I'll set this one up. It just, obviously, it's very good thing because you don't get pregnant. Yeah, well, but... you don't have to have it, do you? No. <laughs> but it seems like our reproductive Actually, yeah. system is such a natural part. It's such a big yeah. part of who we are just who we are as humans yeah it, it seems wrong to it. just completely shut that whole yeah. thing off it, it is really. well my pill i have literally freezes your eggs i'm not it's sure that's a good unnatural. idea really apparently that's what my doctor said i mean but it's, it's, like, what? it's safe as it can be mm. it's it's fine come I'm... off it for a while megs <laughs> all right we might have a baby on our hands <laughs> have puppies maybe <laughs> Um, I was going to say though they are actually making a male pill apparently oh they've been saying that for years no but I think it's actually happening now anyway that should happen let's do another question (laughs) what do you do to manage anxiety what do you do to manage anxiety what do I personally do do you think you've experienced anxiety ma'am no not really I think people tend to either get anxious or feel low do you I think? Do, yeah. Or some people have both, but I think I tend to more feel I think a bit when sad. I'm, yeah, when I'm feeling a lower, like, day, mm. it's anxious. Okay. Oh, my. Please excuse our dog. Bluebell's feeling a bit anxious right now. <laughs> She's feeling angry, actually. <laughs> She's fighting. She's taking a fight, not a flight. So, what was the question? Yeah, so I think... Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with what you but what you do to help anxiety what does one do what do i do because yeah what does one do well it's all the things we talked about yeah we have we have covered it quite a lot but i think like you said one of the best pieces of advice is writing down that list and to help your brain 
remind to remind, remind your brain when you're helpful. in it mm-hmm. that yeah. it is temporary and yeah. it's not because at that moment when I get really anxious I think that the world is yeah. falling apart I mean yeah. everyone gets anxious sometimes and feels stressed and it could be that yeah. you you're overworked you're doing yeah. too much and you need to have some time out some self-care Sat do some things have yeah a bath. yeah <laughs> and that's right writing a list of all the things that are helpful when you're feeling you know overwhelmed yeah. by life just mm. to slow down and slowly yeah. breathing down and have a bath and talk to a friend and be kind to yourself yeah but it's true what you're saying um and like when I'm feeling really stressed yeah. and I usually get quite anxious when I'm stressed because I think about all the worst things and yeah. everything is a clump in my mind. Yeah. And I, I like to write lists to help myself yeah. like organize. You feel more in control Yeah. Because anxiety is about yeah. not feeling in control. Yeah, that's true. You, I remember out you of control. about that. And so to get back into control, a list is helpful because you feel you, you're doing something to manage it differently. But then I was, I did talk about this in another podcast. I... I partly find that really helpful, but I also sometimes do then look at that list as a clump, as a massive, like I look at it yeah, as a lump. I'm like, oh my god, there's so many different yeah. things I need to do on my list. So that, that then, what I was saying in the other podcast is, in the morning I go to the gym yeah. and it clears my mind a lot. Usually, yeah. sometimes you know it just is a write off day. Yeah, it depends but, what you put on your list, really, isn't it? It could be just gentle things that are helpful when you're feeling anxious, or it could be. A, oh no, I'm talking a list about a list of things to things do. To do to yeah, keep, yeah, and that can be helpful. It's distracting and and it gives you a purpose, and you feel you you're you're managing your day and doing something useful with your time. But if you put too much on there, then it can yeah, make, that's what I do. Though. It can make you feel stressed I feel again. Like Vicious cycle. I have yeah. I have noticed recently. I I. If I don't complete everything, that's expectations, isn't it? And more, then I am a yeah. failure, and that's when I get anxious because I'm like, I just panic. It's those black and white terms, you know, failure. What does I know. That mean? No well, no, I know. I'm. I. Yeah. I can talk about it now, but it's yeah. when I said when you're have, in it. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. that's that's what I guess this girl is asking. Yeah. I think rem- remember, the feelings and emotions are happening like to you. You're not. You're not the emotion. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I also think, you know, mm. talking, because I talk to you, a lot of what you're saying today, you've said to me on the phone or on a yeah. text, and that has helped. Um, but either talking to, you know, a family member, whoever you can confide in, mm. or a therapist, mm. because that's why you've got all this useful yeah. stuff. I'm lucky that my mum is a therapist. I mean, usually, if you've got a good friendship group, people that you trust, you don't need a therapist. A no. therapist is, is for more extreme things or if you don't feel connected to anybody and you need to start somewhere with someone that's not involved in your life who can be objective. Yeah, that's But generally, true. good friends, that's great. If you've or got that mom. kind of connection. Or your mum <laughs> or whoever you're close to. Yeah. You, you don't have to see a therapist. But it can be helpful if you're really stuck and yeah. friends aren't... You, you feel you don't want it to be anything to do with your life. You want but I do think, objective. though, you know, you have a lot of useful tips that maybe a friend might not know how to say. Yeah, they true. might, You know, some friends may actually not be able to relate no, at all. That, no, that is true. And yeah. they might be able to help you forget about some... Like, if you're feeling depressed yeah. for... A, at night Depends and go and get friends. drunk but yeah. then that's that that's might not, not necessarily no. it's so temporary that you need a sort of wise friend <laughs> or a grandmother type of person you know some a wise old friend wise old owl <laughs> or a, you know it could be a young person who's wise who's got an old soul maybe don't know yeah you true. Know, someone that's sensitive 
Right, so I think we've covered that one. Uh, do you find yoga helpful? And what about meditation? Mm. Have you tried any of that? Mm-hmm. Mum does. Really helpful. Yoga and meditation, really, really helpful. As we were saying earlier about do the mind-body connection. Um, I don't do as much meditation as, as would be useful. Really. I mean, I do 7-11 breathing or some version of that. But I do yoga a lot. And yoga is a sort of combination. It's like yeah. meditation. Meditation really, really isn't yeah, it? Yeah, when, when you do yoga, you go into that meditative zone anyway. Yeah. With the mind-body breathing. Soul. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very, very helpful for mental health. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got mental health. We talk about mental I health. I know. I was thinking but... that on the, on the question. <laughs> there was a question, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, they about said, that. I don't, I haven't ever had mental health, but mental everyone health, ha- everyone has What does it mean? Health. You have a I mean, mind. <laughs> you have mental health. And, yeah. Yeah, and when it's does. not in tune, then we talk about mental health issues. Yeah. But everyone's got mental health. Yeah. And hopefully it's healthy. It's the health healthy. of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is very, if you out of, you know, if you're out of balance... Yoga gets you back into balance. It's yin yang, yeah, getting everything to together. More. Physically and mentally. Absolutely. It's very really, tiring really of your I really need it to is. do yoga. Yeah, yeah, same. I tried yeah. meditating. It's quite a it's, it's quite a big commitment. It's quite hard to find time to just like you say, oh, yeah. I have to do it it's at the start or the end of the day. Yeah, it's a very useful thing. To discipline. sit there for like half an hour and do nothing. But you're not doing nothing. I know you're not yeah. doing nothing, but it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's I did get into a habit, but obviously, I find yeah. the thought of that just sitting there to me feels unproductive. Obviously, mm. I know it's not because no. it's helpful for your mind. Yeah, but I'm not physically doing anything, which I find strange. But that's the thing, isn't it? We're you, we yeah. human beings. I know. Yeah. We have to just be. Yeah. Sure I'm not very good at. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that is about all the questions for today so thank yeah. you very much mum for coming on today that was amazing oh, thank driving you driving up in the rain she's staying <laughs> for the weekend don't worry she didn't just drive up for and I'm going to finish the Bojangles you're, then, so. you're our best guest so far I'm the only one so <laughs> let's be honest you get number I can one take spot. it <laughs>it's nice to have our first guest it's nice to have conversation with someone other than me (laughs) no but someone who you know um can talk about just talking about someone's passions yeah Yeah, it was nice to just listen a bit as well not be the chatters yeah it was very interesting and she she has a lot of knowledge doesn't she my mum she's She's a wise old owl not old she's a wise owl going to be listening we really hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did and if you did please leave us a five star rating and review and subscribe so you never miss an episode this has been the sweet and sour podcast i'm megan and i'm niall thank you for listening and have a sweet week